The Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans alike. A shining download online, all alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, the year the introcast wars came upon us all. This is the story of a Babylon 5 introcast. The year is 2014. The show, down below. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Heidi. Well, today is just us, folks. We are once again giving you a season wrap-up episode. We just give our thoughts about the season that we just finished. Well, it's always something with Babylon 5 to complete a season, because you're that one step close to finishing the story. One more chapter complete. Yeah. Kind of went by fast. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, started in August, I think. Yeah, we're rushing through these episodes. It feels like, yeah. Yeah. And this season, everything kind of feels like it kind of runs together. Mm -hmm. It's more of a work. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to yeah, look and see what we did last time. I guess we started out by talking about the major themes, or I guess we can talk about that in the major storylines of the season. Yeah, we can pick our least favorite and most favorite storyline. I just remembered one. Mm. Talia Levy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Will's favorite. That was actually... <laughs> favorite of the whole series. The core stuff. Yeah. Kind of had a core. Uh, Talia trilogy in the part of way through the season. Yeah, yeah and I was I was did. looking at the ratings for that trilogy, and they were not as low as I would have expected them to be. So I mean, we gave Talia. Didn't she get like three humans of the week? Really? This, I think she did. Like she won it three I thought, times. I thought she just yeah. got two. You mean she over got, over both seasons? Over just this season, really? she got. Spider in the Web, A Race Through Dark Places, and Divided Loyalties. Mm-hmm. So this illustrates my problem with with uh, preparing for this episode because <laughs> oh, the no. title. I like, <laughs> oh, what's yeah. gonna say? I like and, uh, being surprised by Will and the statistics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Elizabeth, I agree. Figuring out what things were about. I actually went back and listened to a few ISN reports in order to remember what in the world was going on in the episodes. <laughs> but even that is not that helpful because half the time we can't the... actually yeah. <laughs> yeah, half the time we can't even say what's going on in the episode. We've got to do Yeah, but it helped enough. It helped enough yeah. that I was able to figure it out. Yeah, it's well, like <laughs> Sorry. It's so hard to remember what went on in each episode just by hearing the title, because there were they're more thematic or metaphorical titles, and <clears throat> it seems like the first season was easier. Like if you said like, well, obviously believers or TKO, <laughs> but like a lot of the episodes you said what it was Babylon squared or something, and I would remember what would happen. Uh-huh. This one was just kind of like all one long 
blur of titles that yeah. which have I many would like yeah, which I would like to point out is why uh, predicting what the episode is about based on the title is near impossible. Yeah, you try it, listeners. Not easy. Yeah, it reminds you, me of kind it, of like a Buffy season seven, where you tell me a title, and there's only about a fifty percent chance I can tell you what happened in that episode. <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's I haven't seen Babylon Five as many times, or maybe it's because the episode titles are more descriptive on the Next Generation. But if you tell me episode of that show, I can immediately tell you what happened, pretty much. Yeah, which is fine. It just makes it hard to remember. Like if I looked at the titles and. It's sequentially in my mind, you know, about the whole story. Certain, ep- certain episodes really stand out for me, and I can remember certain episode titles because of what happens in there, not necessarily because of the name. Yeah. Like knives. <laughs> yeah, well, knives. I'm looking at the statistics. Knives is like one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one. It's one that of those was, ones yeah. that I kind of forget. You know, I don't remember. What actually happens in that episode when I see the title? I, every time it it catches me by surprise. <laughs> well, and That's I actually, way. um, I actually went and looked at Hunter Prey, and we rated that one fairly high. And I honestly could not remember what the fugitive storyline was. Oh, is that the one where the doctor guy that was the? Oh yeah. Uh, President's it. doctor was on the station. I think it might be. I, d- be I don't have the episodes guard. in front of me. Yeah. I really, oh, yeah. should so have the episode just... titles in front of me. You know, I'm one of the experienced <laughs> viewers here. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're not alone in some of the episode titles running together. Right. I got to see Stinky this season. It seems like such a long time ago. (laughs) Stinky and his crew of the guy that yelled for no reason. (laughs) Yep. That guy on uh, Parks and Recreation who talks (laughs) very well. (laughs) I love that guy. That guy is awesome. (laughs) So Uh, we were talking about the Talia storyline, and I was actually like... I liked it more than I thought I would. However, it was still the most disappointing to me because of what could have been with her supposed new powers and that just being dropped and that made me really sad. Yeah. I have a a disappointing feeling that there's going to be plots that they kind of drop that we want them to continue. The problem with with Talia and to a very lesser degree... Sinclair, because, you know, that's kind of a mid-season drop from last season, Um, is it's real-life situations getting in the way of, you know, storytelling. Mm -hmm. But JMS (laughs) is brilliant at putting in what he calls trapdoors and making up for these losses. Yeah, he, he makes... He more than makes up for these losses. So, um... It, it's something that is disappointing, but I hope even in this season, with the introduction of Sheridan and the direction some of the stuff's going now, you can see that even though you know we had to change lead um, commanders, <laughs> there's new storytelling possibilities there. Is the best way I can put it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Nothing. 
Unless we get a new captain in the third season. <laughs> <laughs> I think this time around, I actually miss Sinclair more than before. Because <laughs> this watch through previous times, I was kind of, kind of glad he's you know, not that great. Glad to have Sheridan, but I actually miss Sinclair. Yes, yeah, I, hope, I, I mean, I, I mean, hopefully maybe he shows up again. I don't know. In like when an episode or two, that'd be nice. It would. Um, I did warm up to Sheridan by the end, though. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, I like him now. I like him fine. Like, I don't love him. Like, I wouldn't say he was anywhere... I don't even know who my favorite character is, but he's not my favorite character. But yeah, he no. is okay. He's okay, guy. Well, now by the end of the season... Yeah, now by the end of the season, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I keep... Uh, sorry. Let me let you get your thoughts out first. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, I was just saying, the love story with Delenn has helped my opinion of him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you know, he's no longer Smiler Sheridan that he was in the first half of the season. <laughs> he's lost yeah. that. Yeah, that's he's good. More stressed out now. But uh, I don't know. I, maybe I liked, it's just um, the presence of Kosh. His mentor slash, uh, I don't know. Soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying? Uh, well, no. I mean, just like of, of, I guess my maybe my favorite plot this season has just been the. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say favorite, but I really liked how um, dark Londo got in this season. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was listening to part of the Geometry of Shadows podcast episode like just while I was going through some of the ISNs to figure out what things were about Mm -hmm. and it was towards the end of the episode and I was saying how I was really sad where it looked like Londo was going because he was one of my favorite characters and he was just all happy-go-lucky and (laughs) it looked like he was gonna go dark and boy did he (laughs) Yeah. yeah I'm glad they did it like Sometimes I, I guess the show will have somebody go dark just for a little bit, but this has been extended, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just to see, I want to see how dark he goes. I was kind yeah. of afraid that it was going to be like a little bit and then he would, you know, come and try to save the day or have a change of heart. But it seems like he's, I think, I think he still can, of course, but I think he's definitely like past the point of, of where he can just easily come back and, yeah. and be a I, good guy. I, I see where you're coming from there. It, definitely at this point, you're, you're worried that uh, you're never going to get that happy-go-lucky Londo back. That would be Heidi. <laughs> yeah. No, in the season premiere, he'll be forgiven for everything and they'll pretend like it right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see, though, if he can be redeemed or if they even try you know Mm -hmm. like if he finally reaches a point which if he hasn't reached that point already i don't know what that point could be but um but if he finally like hits the the bottom of how bad he can go before he realizes what he's done and the path that he has taken and actually regrets it enough to try to make up for it yeah i think veer might play a part in that too because veer Definitely has shown a lot of conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still around, so in theory, we haven't seen ta- that much of him. But but he's at least like meeting with Lanier and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Unlike exactly. uh, 
Unlike Natoth, who oh my gosh. is just That's disappeared. Awesome. It would be interesting <laughs> to see if Natoth's in the credits for the yeah. third season. Yes, because she very well could have just been on the Narn homeworld at the time and yeah. is dead or stuck there. Yeah, we'll see. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm the top. It's been a long time. So there was a lot of Earth stuff, even though still haven't been to Earth. You know, there's the President Clark. Uh, everyone pretty much believes that he was responsible for the previous president's death. Mm-hmm. The evidence seems to be mounting up, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's, I guess there's either, I don't know if there's actual hints or if it's just us speculating that he's in league with the Psycor. <laughs> I don't remember at this point. It's all like in my mind that he's in league with them. And I don't know if it's because we speculated it or because there was actual like evidence or hints in the actual show. Do you guys remember? I think he I think, has, yeah, yeah. I think he has sent the Psycor a couple times. Times, so I feel like that's where we came up with it, but okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, but there were several cycle plots in this season, so you know they've been a heavy presence from Vero Thirteen out in the Badlands. Well, not Badlands. Sorry, um, remains of San Diego, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're getting more powerful. It seems. Yeah, I'm still kind of unsure of their relationship with. The, uh, what is it called? The Night Watch? Because the Night Watch is part of the Ministry of something or other. Ministry, Ministry of, Peace? of Peace. Ministry of Peace, that's right. <laughs> um, but it's also about thoughts and stuff, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I, I definitely I want to continue the Psychor stuff because I love that stuff. I just love the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was also a thread of episodes where Ivanova was being trained as a diplomat. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it was all throughout the seasons, a little bit here, a little bit there. Uh-huh. It kind of brought in the comedy a little bit, but I wonder if that will come back at all. Yeah, that's a good... Especially when, uh, you know, near the end there where the guy was mentioning her being in command of her own ship. Um, I mean, even though she said no, it was right, kind of bringing that guard guy. question up. Yeah. yeah. We were introduced to the Rangers this season oh, the and Rangers. the conspiracy of light. Yeah, that's actually fairly nebulous at the moment. But It is very nebulous. I have a hard time figuring out what they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, just, they, just... they just play cards. <laughs> and... <laughs> those outfits and... Yeah. It's just one big, like, I don't know, con or something. Like, although you, although you know Sinclair's involved. Actually, you know what they did is they formed the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is weird. It's like, there's a whole thing at the end of one of the episodes where Sheridan was introduced to a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll bring him, like, Lita's involved somehow. Um... Sinclair is involved somehow. Kosh, oh my god, oh, we don't want to talk about Kosh. And, uh, <laughs> but yet, it's like, I'm not exactly clear what they're doing to prepare for this, you know, war against the shadows, and I don't know what they can do. They're just kind of in everything. Like, they're, it's almost like they're just listening and, 
And I don't know, they're almost secret spies. Yeah, they're just like a, gathering an army for the coming battle. Mm-hmm. But also it's like they're fighting or they're preparing to fight both the shadows and also the nefarious aspects of Earth government and the yeah. Psycor too. Do you think they have a training compound somewhere? <laughs> like they're, I'm not Mars, sure how you probably. would train for this, but... Yeah. We need a montage. Yeah, a training montage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sweet. Ranger school. They're all wearing their cloaks. Trying to imagine this show being on HBO and Kosh would have flown like naked out of his encounter <laughs> suit up to that. There'd be lots of boobs. Not on Kosh, but. <laughs> no, probably on Delenn because uh, yeah. <laughs> she's now part human. Exactly. Yeah, how do you think that's had an effect on her, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she. Uh, Still um, crushes on uh, Babylon 5 commanders. Yes. So that didn't change at all. Um, I kind of saw... A, yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like it's more overt now, though. It is. Yeah. But it's almost like... It almost makes me think that that's no matter what, that's what he wanted to do. Like, um, have her have a romance with the with the commander of the uh-huh. ship, and it was going to be Sinclair, but now it's going to be Sheridan, you know? Yeah, definitely. Although uh, in the first season, we were imagining most of it. No, we so. weren't! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was never on the um, boards uh, back in the 90s. I can just imagine, though, the beginning of shipping going on with Sheridan and Delenn at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, it's a huge did. part of fandom oh. nowadays. I can only imagine what it was like back in the 90s. Oh, there's a lot of fan fiction about it. I haven't checked that out myself, but as I said, I'm, I wasn't on the boards in the early days. Oh, no, but you said it was a huge part of the fandom now. Uh, mean, like, I mean, fandoms. You, I mean, generally speaking, any sort of fandom, shipping is a huge bit. <laughs> So okay, there's just a lot of Zelen and Sheridan shippers. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I've just got to imagine what it's like in the, you know, nascent days of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in season two, you, it's just there's so much going on here. Like you said, in the date, that was such a lovely scene. And then you got the um, meal later on in the season, and Paul in here. Oh. <laughs> That was not a romantic meal, though. That no. was like as like, as far from romance as you could possibly get. Probably. <laughs> Did they ever? I mean, just like I don't know if you could tell us, but like I'm just wondering if at the time people were wondering um, during the first season if Delenn and Sinclair had been married from that ceremony, or if we were the only ones that ever like w- shipped that train to use an investigating Mars. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, you're not the um, only ones to have noticed it. I, as I said, well, maybe you'll have a bigger idea of how many people clocked onto it, though, and really invested in it. Did they ever say one way or the other whether it happened? Or whether it was planned to have happened? Or it was not even a big thing? I thought I remember JMS saying that that was a red herring and a lot of people latched onto that but I may be making that up I don't remember 
sure. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know for sure. Okay. No, it wasn't. Um, what else? So we have the shadows. That's a big thing. Uh, yes, what do you big. want? Yes. Who are you? I was doing that at work the other day. <laughs> I was just kept saying, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> and my coworker was like, what are you? I was, we were like sitting next to each other yeah. working on something and waiting for something to happen. And I just kept repeating that over and over again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know what was going on. I'm going to go take a coffee break now. <laughs> Oh, like, he's a big thing, you know. Uh, we had the episode where Morden was being interrogated. Yes, by a uh, unhinged Sheridan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um... At least in that episode, we do find out what's going on, though. Exactly. Really? That's the only thing that saved that episode was like the last ten minutes. Yeah, oh, the last where ten they minutes. Finally yeah. Tell, yeah. yeah, where they tell him about the old ones and the spiders and the kosh and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we definitely get more information. Um, A lot of information. <laughs> One scene. Yeah, let's... let's. Can I re- can we recap that? So basically, like, the Icarus. Is it the Icarus? No. The Icarus is the right oh, ship. Oh, is it Icarus? Yes, okay, the Icarus so... is the ship that um, Anna Sheridan was on. Okay. Yeah. So she and the, her crew, including Mr. Morden, Dr. Morden, or whoever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's, that's um, right. yeah. Um, they landed on this planet and somehow woke up. Woke up? Was it woke up or just found? They say woke up. Yeah, they woke the shadows up from wherever they're. So they were just what having a nice nap and a long nap yeah. <laughs> although, enjoying a nice peaceful although nap. they were probably going to wake up soon because they say they wake up every thousand years oh, okay. so you know it, it's it's like someone waking you up half now before your alarm goes off and you're really cranky you're like really <laughs> so they were kind of cranky and they took at least at least Morden we don't know if anybody else or do we um well well, Delenn says specifically, those who do not serve were killed. Right, so we don't know how many served. We just know that Warden did, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then for some reason, they're using him as a genie. Um, <laughs> we don't quite know why and why it matters what people want. So that's the weird part. Yeah. Uh, just to go over the rest of the scene, uh, just so that you get full context, they are the eldest of the old ones, apparently, Ooh, okay. um, yeah. and Vorlons are the only remaining first ones that are in contact with the younger races, apparently. Right. Everybody else went off to a different galaxy. Went off they beyond left. the rim. Yeah, they left like uh, like the old ones in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hobbits crying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this no, is all very. No, I'm sorry, it's like... to wonder. sorry, sorry. On a tangent, sorry. I'm uh, just wondering what um, Delenn and um, Membari would make of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, they stole this from us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, let's get back on track. I'm a bit out of it today. That's fine. No, I just think that this season has been, like, very much more 
like plot centric, you know, overarching plot centric, but lots of plots. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Not just one plot, like lots of different plots. Yeah, well, you know, given the um, series title, The Coming of Shadows, it's mm-hmm. kind of hints towards all of that because you've had your signs importance. Now it's time sure. to really yeah. start getting into this. And the third season is like, the shadows have come. <laughs> now what? <laughs> we'll give you uh, the third season title later, I think, aren't we? Yeah. So, um, there was actually a Dr. Franklin episode that I did not hate. Well, which one was that? That one was, um, let's see, Confessions and Lamentations. The one with the plague. Oh, Ah. the plague, yeah. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. whatever race that was. Markab. Markab. Poor little girl. (laughs) Aww. And Fish Lady, you played her mother. (laughs) (laughs) Although that race is still about. That race isn't dead. Maybe we'll see her again. Fish Lady just has the toughest run on the show. <laughs> She's on the Narn homeworld. She, <laughs> she died. She plays all the, the sad women alien characters. Aww. Oh, yeah. Fish, I want to see Fish Lady again. Yeah. <laughs> I st- didn't know the seat. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, like, just speaking of alien races, I still can't tell. I can tell the Pac Marah. That's pretty much the only one. <laughs> Still don't know if I could pick a Drazi out of the woodwork. Sorry. Oh, we had a whole episode about the Drazi. I know. Wait, yeah, but some, and sometimes they aren't wearing uh, green or purple. Oh yeah, well, that's right. That one. Well, yeah. a of have sorted that out. I know, but that's how I could tell who they were. <laughs> ah. It's wait. She said everybody was one color now, right? Yeah. So shouldn't they have oh, all oh, been Babylon wearing either green or yeah. purple? No, maybe yeah. she switched them to orange. <laughs> so that green or purple didn't win, it had to be a different color. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I probably still couldn't pick out a Drazi, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're the ones with the large scales on their head. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so has McGrath ever come back? Is that a spoiler? They don't. Um, yeah. I, I don't know whether we can say. Yeah. Okay. Don't say. That was a promising, interesting character. I know, and I liked that he was related to the uh, to the teacher on Buffy. That was awesome. <laughs> so at the end of the season, we uh, the rest of the this uh, galaxy or whatever finds out about the shadows. The ones it didn't know. Well, they find out that there's a ship out there, this alien ship. That's yeah, what they don't footage, know. Yeah, there's footage, right? Or... Yeah, there's yeah. footage of the shadows. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in the position you were midway through season one. <laughs> Going, what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider? And I don't remember now. Um, I know a lot of people saw Kosh, um, but how what widespread is that in terms of the knowledge? Probably just well, basically, design, but they would relate the information back to others. I, yeah. I was going to say, you saw at the end they were talking about it, and you know, gossip like that spreads. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned be... it in my ISN report. Uh huh. It'd just mm-hmm. be interesting. Things like that would happen. Like how, what the information is that is spreading, because if each like race sees something different, then the stories 
will be different. Yeah, I don't know. I hope that that's a theme. Like, you know, what people yeah. think they saw and what they think is on Babylon 5. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'd love to get into more of, I guess, the theoretical or the psychology of of, of their effect on people and mm-hmm. the their help in establishing basically civilization because, I mean religion is a big part of civilization uh-huh and religion is a lot of times what wars are based on so mm-hmm. that's a that's an interesting theme too yeah yeah for sure oh my gosh and i feel like we talked the least about the narn centauri war plot than we did about yeah, anything I, else. I was sort of saving yeah, that if nobody one. mentioned it it's before <laughs> a huge yeah. part of this season and we talked oh, yeah. about how Londo changes, but Jakar goes through some changes as well. Yeah. When yeah. he becomes much more sympathetic, Definitely. too, as a character. And, I mean, obviously he uh, he loses his ambassadorial role. Yeah, um, which is going to be interesting going forward. We talk yeah. about moments of this season. That's one of my favorite moments when he stands up and gives that speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that was like that was just a really good scene all around because Londo was just so like unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it, uh, it really echoes um, with things from history and moments like that that you know we've seen uh, things like that in our own history. I find it yeah. interesting that we had um, we had the Markab taken out through a plague so like basically mm-hmm. their population was completely demolished and then we've had pretty much the genocide of the Narn like you know there's here and there they're there but um, but for the most part like they've been taken out as well occupied for sure yeah yeah and um, now the Centauri are moving on to the non-aligned worlds it seems yep and Earth is like, la-di-da. Whatever. <laughs> Not aggression. Da-da-da. We're Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, Earth is... I. It's just almost like Earth is like its own villain in this series, you know? They're really only antagonists for Babylon 5. Yeah. The Babylon 5 crew is our, our protagonist and our heroes, then Earth is like basically one of the obstacles in their way. Mm-hmm. Government, psych like, um Is that is that something you ever thought possible when you were going in this season? Not so, not this season. The whole series, I should say, because this season, you know, we already had clues in that direction. I guess, yeah. What's kind of, I mean, I don't know if it would be surprising per se, but I mean, you would, you would think Earth, would, you know, you would, it would have a big kind of positive representation through the through the ship. Um, or through you know the interactions, but especially since they're kind of running Babylon Five. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, humans are the command staff. So yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely. I like it. I mean, I like that um, kind of idea. Oh, one other thread that was present this season. Well, the first part of the season, at least, uh, was Delin her change and feeling different and isolated from the rest of the Membari. And she cry, made her cry. Oh. And say, I really oh, I feel like... News. I feel like kind of the only thing that this has really 
done, and I hope that it, like, I don't know, comes up more, but I feel like the only thing this has really done is make it so that she can be part of the, like, the rangers and this whole thing without um, having so much loyalty to the Mimbari government because she's basically been turned away anyway. Yeah, the beginning of the season, they really played up her isolation in terms of, like, actual conflicts with people from other Mimbari, basically. Um, the later part of the season wasn't as much, but definitely the first part of the season, like, she came into conflict. Well, she was thrown out of the Grey Council. Uh-huh. And um, there were other people, basically people just telling her, you know, what she did, their thoughts about what she did and how she's, like, a disgrace and and all that. Um I think it's definitely part of what's pushing her closer towards uh, Sheridan and the other humans as well. It's mm-hmm. her own people are pushing her away. Yeah. And so and she's just become part human, and so she's got even more reason to explore that side of herself. Mm-hmm. It started out, like, in the first season, like this kind of more knowledgeable, knowing, cryptic, wise uh creature, I guess. But now she's more fumbling her way. It's, just, it's more awkward. It's more like she's a toddler. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's an or she's a human toddler and she's learning her way and she's Yeah, she's isolated. sort of learning to be human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she doesn't she doesn't have all that access. I mean she has access obviously to Kosh and and to Sinclair and all that. But she doesn't have the Mimbari uh the safety net of the Membari and her role at the Great Council and she's kind yeah. of in flux and it's kind of interesting. I really hope that we have not heard the last of that whole thing about um, the Membari souls are becoming human. Like, I oh, hope yeah. that that is brought up again in some way. I, I agree. I want to at least know what they wanted to do with it, if even if they don't necessarily do much with it. I'd at least like to know where they were going with it. Don't worry, once the series is over, we'll reveal the what-ifs. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, just speculate for now, that's all I can say. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. There are things out there that tell us what JMS would have done if circumstances were different. Yeah, Sinclair was able to continue, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, is that the main plot? If that's most of them, most ones I remember. Just trying to remember which episode Sheridan was accused of killing that guy. I think it was oh through all the Oh, that one. <laughs> uh, there was some good stuff in that episode. I mean, Lanier in that episode really came through, I think, at certain points. And the merchandising was in that episode. Yeah. Oh, the merchandising. Oh, yes, the merchandising. Bear belong five. <laughs> At some point, we found so, out that the the Membari have a what is it? Agrarian or like a working class or something? Worker class? Oh yeah. Yeah, worker class is the third class of Membari. Mm-hmm. But the um the. Warrior class has taken over the Grey Council, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they it's got four members, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas it's supposed to be split equally between the three casts. So that that has to mean something for the future, maybe. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Because I feel like we've gotten away from the whole Grey Council thing because mm-hmm. Dylan's so isolated, but I feel like that has to come back. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, because at some point the Centauri are going to get in conflict with the Mimbari. I feel like they have to because there's only so many races that we know about. And so it's either basically Mimbari or humans next. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what would trigger the Mimbari to enter the conflict. Um, You know, if it hasn't already, if if what Centauri done hasn't already triggered them, what will? You know, should they kill their leader (laughs) on accident? Wipe out the Great Council? (laughs) Yeah. Who is their leader? Um, I'm not sure we um, actually found out who they've elected as a new leader. We only saw the new council member. Mm. Okay. Was it, it was uh, Elite Naroon? Yes, it was Naroon. Wow, Elizabeth. You have that knowledge in your head? (laughs) I don't know why. Good job. I I could kind of picture his face, like, in the council. Yeah. Very angry face. <laughs> and he and the, the actor played a, like he played a who else did he play? He played he, another it's Mr. Wells. Well, the very last episode, yeah. Oh, the, uh, the Night Watch yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. That's right. So, what were what was our favorite plot line of the season? For me, it was the Narn Centauri War. Red. I think that for me, just because of the whole Londo thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. Kosh and the Old Ones and the Shadows, which really ties into the war, but um, but yeah. I'll go that way. And I'm kind of tied between both of those stories. Uh, I've kind of been going back and forth for the last 50 minutes on which was my favorite, and I just can't settle on one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> well, it, for no. me, it's, like, it's not necessarily the Centauri Narn conflict, more as it is the whole Londo characterization thing, because I could give her, I don't necessarily need to see, like, the Narns, like, like, uh, doing some kind of trench warfare and, like, get, you know, I don't yeah. need to see all the battles and the, you know, against the Centauri. I just, I just want to see, like, how it affects our, the characters that, that we care about, you know? Yeah, I agree. But, it was the, uh, Jakar and Londo stuff that made yeah, it it's, a storyline. It's how the war impacts our characters, not, how the war's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though there were some cool scenes, but... Yeah. yeah. But most of them involved our characters in some yeah. way. Exactly. Like a decision <laughs> that Londo made, or Londo actually <clears throat> watching the Narn homeworld be destroyed. Yeah. Or no one listening to um, Jakar. Yeah. So what was our least favorite storyline? Um, <laughs> Do we have any? Is it, a storyline it ha- would have to be like over multiple episodes, right? Not like... Like a one episode. Yeah, it could be, it could be one, I guess. Yeah. While I enjoyed the Psychor, I was disappointed with the Talia storyline and how it ended. Yeah, this was my that was my least favorite. The whole thread about her, and I guess she was starting to question the Psychor. Just anything Talia. <laughs> See, and mine wasn't really for that part of the storyline. It was that it ended, and I wanted more from it. Yeah, the way it ended was so abrupt. Yeah. And then she just leaves. 
you see, uh, obviously there was reasons, I, but I, I just think the worst part of her storyline was actually earlier in the season with her ex. Yeah. What is it with exes? Why are they so terrible? Oh, oh, you mean uh, Holt? <laughs> Stoner. Yeah, Stoner. Yes. Oh, that whole Matt Stoner thing. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, my exes live in Texas. I think that was my lowest rated episode. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Although that's the same episode. That? that that isn't that the same episode that has Lando's wives in it. Mm. Oh wait, I'm trying to remember. Soulmate. No, soulmates was isn't it Spider off. in the Web? Yeah, soulmates. He's team of. We team up with an excellent character. But I thought I it thought... was Spider in the Web oh, yeah. because or is, but... hmm. that's yeah, when it's... Talia's old friend returns or comes to the station or whatever. At least uh, from the description, Sto- Sto- I'm sure Stoner's in Soulmates because you got the whole thing of um, Garibaldi instantly hating Stoner and Delenn saying, "Well, you might be um, connected, three souls reincarnated time and again." If only there was something we could look it up on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Soulmates was... Yeah, Soulmates was Stoner and the Three Wives. So who comes back in Spider in the Web? Like, who's her friend that arrives? Or was it just a side person that comes in? No, Spider, Spider in the Web is the one where um, the businessman is mur- murdered. Um and um, a free Mars uh, terrorist is framed for it. Well, he's not framed for it. He, he's the one that's actually um, dead and augmented by Bureau 13. Oh, like the Asogi guy? And then. Yes, that's Where she sees him murdered? Yeah. That one? Okay. Yeah. She got like three episodes in a row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Talia's. <laughs> Spider in the Web, Soulmates, and Erased Through Dark Places was like that three-episode arc. Italia Winter's trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said, Soulmates at least has Timov in it. And Tim oh, yeah. That one's the... rated much higher than Spider in the Web because uh, that one was not about spiders. So that was an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if worst, if least favorite plot line can be a one-episode plot line, then for me it was... The Inquisitor. I hated that guy so much. I hate, I hated <laughs> where it went. I hated the whole thing. But I don't know. Maybe I would have liked it more if it was more subtle. I don't know. But I just didn't like the whole idea of Kosh and the Vorlon wanting to put her through this to test her motives. You know, yeah. for nefarious or unclear reasons. And the result of that is that they would sacrifice themselves for another person and that's a fine that's great you know i don't know i'm not sure i completely understood what was happening there right uh, uh, yeah I'm, I'm just wondering whether there's anything you uh anything new you think about it in the light of lando revealing himself sorry I really am today. <laughs> the, you know, Kosh revealing himself. Oh, so just Kosh this, revealing himself. He does that all Yeah, you know, he's this being of light and they visited, you know, all these planets and, and they appear as angels or gods. And 
they put Delenn through this harsh interrogation, almost torture. Anything so, you... Do you think... Because I, you know, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about the ramifications of the Borlon reveal. And is the ramification of that that we're supposed to believe that everybody's... Um, all, all their beliefs are false? Because uh, I think I, I kind of brought that up a touch at, in the last episode. Like, um, like yeah, if every civilization believes that their deity is whatever deity they believe, and yet everyone saw their deity as Kosh, right? Then, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, yes. I mean, because they were, I mean. And then what is this magical, weird um, thing that made Delena a partial human? Is it some kind of science? Because um, they were, I mean, they were almost kind of like, I don't know, it just seems weird, like, to have so much focus on her and her prophecy. Um, <clears throat> and then the just The prophecy basically... came from the, what the Vorlons gave them. Hmm. Um, I, I feel uh, like. Sorry, I I've got like to clarify we're... something. You're getting a bit confused. I think um, the prophecies don't come from Borlons. They come from their prophet. Okay, but who's um, putting it's, the? Uh, there, there is a slight difference. They, but their prophet was Valen, right? And didn't she? Their like, prophet is Valen. And say Valen or something like that. In Valen's name, in Valen. oh, and then when she saw the um, when no, when I think Linnea saw um, Kosh, he called it something else. I think he called it Drishala. Drishala. Okay, I missed that part. I really need to rewatch yeah. that part. So sorry, it's just I've seen this so many times that I noticed the distinction. Well, somebody says to me like. Was it a female name, like Valeria or something like that? Yeah, I think that's the one Lanier said. I think the Drazi said Drusella. Yeah, Lanier might have said Valeria, which is interesting because that's that's actually a name from Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where it is. I think Valeria is actually the name of the lands in the West. The Undying Lands are called Valeria. Um, I want to go back and watch the episode where uh, Delenn and Sinclair got married because that had like all of the different religious ceremonies. Yes. And I like want to go back and hear um, like specifically what they believe or at least the ceremonies that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. And the nine said no or something like that or one <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Walking through fire or fire, I don't know. Yeah, you can go back and look at that. Well, I think that was a question that came up was whether the Vorlons created the belief or whether they exploited in a belief that was already there. Yeah, uh, I think we don't know exactly it's even raised in the episode. Yeah. Because as long as there's sentient beings, they're going to have. Uh, some kind of belief in a higher power. It's just like a this comes hand in hand with not knowing things, you know, with not yeah. having all, all intelligence of everything. And no matter what, what civilization it is, there's going to be some kind of. I mean, I mean, the beliefs may change, the stories may change, but there's always going to be something. 
So I doubt that um, the Vorlons were the ones that created that belief. They just put it into some kind of physical perspective. They took advantage of it. I mean, that's a good neutral way of saying it. You know, they took advantage of the belief to do what they're doing, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because, I mean, where 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 are they going to go with this? You know, just it just makes you think that there's there's some philosophical and um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where they take that. Also, given what we learned earlier in the season, did they also do something else? Did they also do? I'm not going to say it outright. I want you. If you don't come to it, you don't come to it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to spoil you. Uh, and it's not exactly a spoiler, it's just a, a, a train of thought. I've been on in the past before, I'm sure many other B5 fans have. No, Do we think there's like an angels? Yeah, I don't know. I... This is a problem with trying to be vague and non-spoilery, but, mm. you know, being unsure whether to raise something at this point. Because you've been given the information, but you haven't... Put it together. Yeah, you haven't been given the context to put it together yet, I suppose. Well, yeah, you can just, you know, it's fine. Probably missing a lot of things. It's okay. As I said, I'm out of it today, and I'm just... uh, Yeah, I didn't get good enough sleep. And I'm the one awake in the afternoon saying that. (laughs) But it's kind of like they're doing this, or do you think they're doing this whole, like, angels and demons, you know, darkness and light kind of metaphor going on with the shadows and the Vorlons slash old ones? But there's got to be more to it than that. Yeah, I don't know. If the if the Vorlons actually came in and, like, capitalized, I guess, on the, all of these belief systems... I feel like uh, whatever the actual uh, divine power is would smite them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Unless it's part of that divine power's plan. Or we'll, let these, we'll let these lesser beings do the work for us. Mm-hmm. There's a diviner power. And, <laughs> yeah. and what's up with those walkers of 957? You know, the, supposedly all the old ones have gone, but then there's still these giant creatures out there. Are we ready to move on to quotes? I think we've been talking Oh my for god, a I while. did not write down quotes. I, I didn't do so quotes. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, well, that's fine. <laughs> I have to do quotes. Because there are a lot of long ones that I didn't want to write down, but. Well, I've got one. I do have one. Okay. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. What do you want? That's fine. So as far as our season ratings went, uh, this season didn't start off so hot, but it finished really strong the last, well, most of the last, what, seven or eight episodes, maybe? Except for that Pretty horrible good. Knives episode. Except for Knives. So the season finished with a seven point. Five nine six compared to season one, which was a seven point one seven four. Okay, mm-hmm. still pretty close, but uh, closer than I thought it was. I see some improvement though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
If it wasn't for the first half of the season, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. What's our I don't overall know. We kind it was interesting, though, because if you look at, like, the chart of our ratings, we kind of, like, go up for a little bit and then go down and then go up for mm-hmm. a little bit and then go down. Yeah. What was, like, the our overall lowest rated one? Was it still Believers? Believers? Uh, lowest overall is, yeah, Believers. And what about lowest for season two? Yeah. Lowest for season two was tied with The Long Dark and Knives. It was the long dark again. It's a little where Sheridan gets um, kidnapped. I think that's. See, that's what these. I think the long no, dark was where the lady. Where Doctor Franklin is creepy. Yeah, oh, like the lady yeah. Was yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Those two really weren't very good at all. I think it. Yeah, lost a lot of points for Doctor Franklin's creepiness, probably. Oh. I don't think it's more to do in the next season. Yeah, this was a light Garibaldi season, kind of. Yeah, I mean, he won, he won character of the week, I mean, human of the week a few times, but I think it was because there was just nobody else that hmm. did better. Yeah. Well, I like Garibaldi. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't so... too involved in really much. Except getting shot in, well, that was last season, but <laughs> recovering yeah, from right. getting shot. was at the start of the season, and then he was just here and there throughout... <sighs> It's a shame, really, because there's moments where his presence really could have helped. Yeah. I mean, his his friendship with uh, Lando was still okay in Knives. So if if Lando and Jakar had had a few moments in Knives, uh, you know, given Lando's plot, I think that would have been interesting. Hmm. Um, as far as our human of the season... See, Sheridan had five, Ivanova had four, and Talia and Garibaldi tied for three. Wow. Do we, <laughs> do we agree that Sheridan... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he had a lot more to do than anybody else. Yeah, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, like, if I was to pick one for the season, it would either be Sheridan or Ivanova, which goes with the rating, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he really established himself, I think, in this season. I think Sinclair won last season. Which is funny, because we really didn't want to give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) As far as Alien of the season, um, Jakar had six, and Delenn had five, and Kosh had three. And Londo had, like, how many... Um, Lando had zero. Which is so weird. I mean... Well, the thing is, in each of those episodes, Jakar just seems to outshine him that little bit. Yeah, Yeah, Jakar gets the sympathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gets the sympathy vote. (laughs) The good speeches. uh, Yeah. His wife, Timov, got one. The (laughs) Centauri... Emperor got one, and his friend, <laughs> his friend in knives got one. Oh, oh, man. Oh, uh, we are. Can like... I just say? Can I just say that we need to give Tim of a season honorable mention as the standout one, one-off season character because we only mm-hmm. saw her once this season. Right. So she needs this season's one-off vote because. There's a few one-off characters, but I think she shines the most. 
I guess Spider and the Web didn't have any aliens because we didn't give anybody. Was <laughs> <laughs> that the one where like, like uh, Lori and Carl were like, alien? What alien? I remember that <laughs> yeah. that happening at one yeah. point. Oh, that was funny. So, so fine I guess so, but I like to me the most impact to me, like obviously I've already talked about it with Londo, like his character, but maybe that's just because like you're just putting things together that happened here and there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jakar was pretty powerful. Yeah, I gave yeah, it to I'll Jakar be... when I when I was going through Vine. Episode by episode, I think Jakar's wins it, uh, but overall Lando has more impact. It's just, I it, it doesn't really, I know we got the votes per season, but I'd like to put it as a tie because both of them are really strong this season. Yeah. Yeah, one kind of affects the other. They do, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of gave it to Jakar because, like, not thinking of which episodes we'd given it to him in, but overall, because I felt like he had the most growth. Mm-hmm. Positive growth. Yeah. I don't feel like what Lando had was growth. No, it was, whatever. It's character <laughs> development. Drink. <laughs> no kosh. <laughs> well, kosh is getting on my nerves. <laughs> we saw a lot of more kosh, but he was just kind of standing there, chilling. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't really present a lot of the season. <laughs> yeah, he, now that he's exposed himself in more ways than one, <laughs> he needs to be more involved. And less cryptic. Yeah. Or at least more crypticness, you know, like more things to say, like just really get in there, you know? Yeah. If he goes back to being like the guy that you used to get the end of the hall um, and making random or just standing there in council meetings and stuff, you know, that would be disappointing. All right. So we have Sheridan and a tie for Jakar and Londo. That sounds pretty good. Maybe one of these years we won't have a captain as the human of the of the year, but they're just <laughs> naturally going to get the most storyline. I think season three will be Clarence's season. Yes, yes. <laughs> and some other unnamed tech. Not Clarice. No, because she turned on them. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Traitor. that. Clarice. She's fired. She's gone. Like Clara, she's out of here. Clara never would have done that. No, Clara wouldn't have. Clara was a saint. She's loyal to the right people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there any characters that we like to see back in season three, four that we introduced to this season? Sorry, guys. Not Kat. Um, Tim off. So. <laughs> yeah, Tim off. Zathras, obviously. Yes. Um, yes, I was actually going to say, who's the guy that's down on the planet? Um, oh, Drawl. Drawl. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Drawl just so that we can see Zathras. <laughs> yeah, Drawl himself is not that interesting. Right, but, but if uh, you bring Zathras with him, then I would like to see him back. Yeah. Bester. When do I see Bester again? And Morden. Oh, yeah, Morden, duh. I mean, he's not like a, you know, small role character, but we have to see more. Yeah, more. yeah. What's wrong with you? You've not mentioned Clarence yet. Well, that is a Clarence. That's uh, a given. There. Yeah. What? There's a chance he won't be back? Yeah, well, we will ask, who do you want to see more of? And... Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, oh, it's that just... was just, like, I, we just assumed that. 
And also, I would uh, like to bring up Kodoff. Oh, Kodoff. <laughs> She's going to be flying around in the in space. We're going to pass her. Please, please, please. <laughs> Maybe she is the secret to destroying the spider ships. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about Natas? I mean, I'd rather see okay. Kodoff, but okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like. Well, I guess he doesn't get an aid, so there really isn't an easy way to, like, get rid of her. That's I know, because he's not an ambassador anymore, and so... Yeah. Um, um, who else? I don't know. I want to see more Lanier and Veer together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Get in trouble. Yeah. Motorcycles and all that. <laughs> Veer riding motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's... that's all I can think of. And most of the time, we don't like the guest stars. No. <laughs> like that Inquisitor guy. Yeah, or like anybody's uh, relative. Or ex- exactly. Any relatives? Yeah. No. No more relatives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Sheridan's zombie wife. That's what okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, whilst we're on characters, is there any character... Character type, or, yeah. Is there any character type or archetype you'd like to see come on the show, oh. or you, something you've heard talk about and you want to see? Um, not that I can think of. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what what they do with um, the new Cy representative um, on the station. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to have to replace Talia with somebody. So that could be an interesting role for some for somebody to come in. I don't know if I want them to be completely antagonistic or not, you know. Um, yeah. More, more about Earth, like more on Earth stuff. All right. So why don't we time travel like a Terminator and huh? read some feedback on season two? Crossover reference. Hey, we talked about Talia on that show, and I'm not the only one who sees the mouth thing. Oh. Wait, because you have Malika, who's talking a lot. Yeah, she agreed with me. Our first feedback is a comment from Board99. I'll take this one. Vort says, it was interesting in your last episode to hear Heidi and Elizabeth step in the position of jaded long-time viewers <laughs> and explain the backstory to a new viewer. Jaded? Yeah, I noticed we were doing a lot of explaining to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Which leads me to the question that I thought I might direct to the two of them for your season wrap-up. Oh. At the end of season two, there are still many things about the overall story that the viewer doesn't know yet. Oh, yeah. But the viewer is in a very different place and at the end of season one. I think that season two does make it clear what sort of story this is and what it's about in a way that season one doesn't. So Heidi and Elizabeth, standing back and looking at the first two seasons as a whole, what would you say are the main virtues and the main flaws of Babylon 5 as a show? Or to put it another way, if something is what a viewer likes, they should definitely watch the show. But if something is their pet peeve, they should run away screaming. Hmm. Um, I think if you like a very intricate plotline and um, pretty good continuity, it's not perfect, but um, but pretty well done. 
then I think that this is the show for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the main virtue would be that you could tell that it was it's well thought out, you know, or that mm-hmm. it's thought out. <laughs> and it doesn't just seem <laughs> to be flying by the seat of its pants, like, you know, are we going to get renewed this year? Oh, yeah. okay, you have to think of a new... I mean, it kind of ended up that way, kind of, but in terms of, like, thinking up a... or starting from scratch, kind of, in season two, but not really. Like, you could tell, like, seeds have been planted since the beginning of some of the plot lines that are fruiting now, to continue this <laughs> metaphor. And um, and the, and there's still a lot... And actually, that almost, almost like one of its flaws, that there, there's so many different plot lines going on and different seeds being sown that it can get frustrating at times to not find out anything about something for a long time because you go off from one to the other, you know, storyline and it's all mm-hmm. good set up and you can tell it's being set up and you can tell it's being thought out, but you're like, but no, I want to know what's happening, you know? Yeah. And I feel like in the same thread, the flaw the flaw that bothers me the most is actually right there with it because it's so well thought out that I don't like it when plots are dropped. Mm-hmm. And you kind of expect more of it too. So when there's like an episode that just is not, it's like shallow or doesn't seem very well thought out. It's very disappointing, you know, because uh-huh. you know that they're capable of much better than that. Yeah. Those are actually really good flaws to have. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're too good. <laughs> all right, our next piece of feedback is a comment from Tori. Who wants to take Tori's comment? Uh, I could take it. Okay. Okay, comment from Tori. So, Ambassadors, this seems like a good time to ask something I've been wondering about. V5 fans are pretty good about not spoiling newbies in general, and when told not to, we're even better. So I don't suspect there's much you've been openly spoiled for. But are there things you feel like you've been subtly spoiled about? Anything you feel that veterans have drawn a lot of attention to that wouldn't have drawn much of your own notice, so now you think it's important? Any attitudes toward characters that made you think they must become important or end up not being very important? Any directions you think the story will go in just because of attitudes that slip through unintentionally? Yeah, I think that, of course, that's going to happen, especially when part of our, like, segment is to predict things so you kind of like latch on to anything mm-hmm. um i haven't been spoiled about anything like actual spoilers i don't know anything that happens in the show um i haven't even seen the covers of the others <gasps> you know what i have to make sure i have season three because <laughs> yeah. i know that i only bought three of the dvd seasons when we first started and i can't remember if season three was one of them um, I think I have seen a picture of an upcoming character, but that's it. Good news. I have season three. Yeah. It's difficult sometimes not to spoil you because everything is so well planned. And sometimes even when you've got, all the information because you don't have the context yet for the rest of it. It's hard to not spoil you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, uh, for example, like everybody likes Lita and it can't possibly be from what she's been in so far. So like I have, my brain just goes, okay, she must be in this, in the series more, you know? 
um, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, our next piece of feedback is an email from Michael H. I'll take that one. Hi, okay. gang. Firstly, my apologies for the lack of feedback on the latter half of this season. I struggled to get the episodes watched before your recording time each week, so have constantly been an episode behind as I don't want to skip ahead. Luckily, the end of season break has allowed me to catch up. Watching the show and then listening to the podcast remains one of the things I look forward to each week, so thanks again for Aww. all the good work and effort you put into it as it's most appreciated. And thank you. Oh, thanks. Oh, so great. Season two is where I really remember falling in love with the show. The characters are much more how I recall them from back in the day, and a lot of the major story arcs became more relevant and started to take shape. There were only a couple of subpar episodes, and those were generally in the earlier part of the season. By the time we get to the coming of shadows and the start of the Narn Centauri War, there are a slew of fantastic episodes that give us lots of information to chew over and really flesh out and change some of the characters and our perceptions of them. Obviously, the Narn and Centauri are quite central to the arc this season, but special mention must go to the superb Andreas Ketzelis. I'm sure Andreas Ketzelis, you said it more or less correctly, yeah. Okay. He's Ketzelis. Ketzelis, okay. And Peter Jurassic. Yeah, both correct. Both always give evocative and memorable performances, but several times here they really brought the characters to life and made us truly feel for them in one way or another. Of the humans, I feel Ivanova, Garibaldi, and Franklin took a bit of a backseat during this run with more plotlines involving the ambassadors and Sheridan. The captain started off a little unsure of himself at first, but by the last couple of episodes, I think he'd fully grown into the role and the character and was a lot more than just a Sinclair replacement. Looking forward towards season three, I'm very excited for many of the episodes to come, including what may be my all-time favorite television episode ever. I haven't seen it in years and can't wait. Ooh, intrigued. Yeah. Um, What new characters, location, and plot lines do the ambassadors expect or hope to see in the upcoming season? Hmm. Well, new characters, I don't think I can predict that, really. Yeah, we'll do predictions in a little bit. Um. Favorite episode, The Long Twilight Struggle. This episode marks such a pivotal change in two of my favorite characters, Londo and Jakar, as well as advancing the overall plot with the reintroduction of Drawl and reveal of the Rangers to Sheridan. Just full of brilliant scenes. Favorite human, Sheridan. Not always my favorite, but I think by the end of this season, he's won most of us over after a difficult beginning, and he's becoming pivotal to everything. Favorite alien, Vircato. Never really in the center of the action, but the brilliant portrayal by Stephen First lends such nuance and weight to even the smallest of scenes that he's always a standout for me. Just his facial expressions alone in the background of a lot of Londo-centric scenes convey such emotions. Just fantastic. Quote, Veer, I'd like to live just long enough to be there when they cut off your head and stick it on a pike as a warning to the next chance to the next 10 generations that some favors come with too high a price. I would look up at your lifeless eyes and wave like this. Can you and your associates arrange this for me, Mr. Morden? The best ever response to Morden's signature question. Season oh. yeah, if you want to know like what we would like to see in the coming season, I would want to see more scenes of Fear and Morden. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Um, season ratings, 8.5 out of 10, revealing Vorlons. I'm so glad that everyone seems to be 
thoroughly enjoying the show. Keep up the great work and see you in season three. Michael, UK podcast fan. Thanks, Michael. Well, thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Look and, forward to uh, hearing from you too. Oh, yeah. I know we didn't talk about like our favorite moments, but I would say like that one with Londo and the ship was probably my favorite moment of the season. Because he brought that up. Uh, be sure to do that next time. Uh, instead of quotes, we can do favorite moments. So our next piece of feedback is an email from Victor. And I'll take that one. Okay. Now that season two is over, I think almost everyone would agree that it's much better than season one. Lando is still my favorite character, but there are times I would like to grab him and shake him and say, Lando, what are you doing? Overall, I would rate the season at nine battle axe wives out of ten. And now I'm going to make some predictions for the next season. Of course, <laughs> these are non-spoiler review predictions, and why should the newbies only be the ones who can come up with crap plot theories? Hey! <laughs> in season three, Zack will shoot Garibaldi in the back. With Garibaldi out of commission, Linnea will tinker with his bike. He will build improved models and become the leader of Babylon 5's first first motorcycle gang, the Boneheads. (laughs) With beer. In the sidecar. (laughs) (laughs) Talia and Lita will bump into each other at the 2260 Psychor Academy Class Reunion Awards. Sorry, awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Zathras somehow returns to Babylon 5, but when he finds out that they still haven't built a statue of him, he is crushed and leaves for parts unknown, never to be seen again. Aww. Lita will receive free passage through Vorlon space, but in return she will have to work as Kosh's assistant and will... And he will require that she wear a French maid uniform at all times. <laughs> <laughs> With the galaxy heading towards war, Sheridan will try an ease tension on Babylon 5 by holding a talent competition. Kosh gives a virtuoso performance of freestyle breakdancing, but it's only <laughs> good enough for second place. <laughs> the top prize goes to Ivanova and Besta for singing a duet together of Getting to Know You. I want to see that! Uh, <laughs> Sheridan's wife is still alive, but she's married to Morden now, and they have triplets. The only words the babies have learned are, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sinclair will return to Babylon 5 and attempt to seize power, but he is captured and charged with treason. He is sentenced to death of personality, and his mind wipe is done, completely removing his personality, but no one can tell the difference anyway. (laughs) Delem will become fed up with the warrior cast. He returns to Membar, massacres the entire Great Council, and becomes absolute ruler. Yeah. I want to see yeah. that. <laughs> Taking his cue from Delenn, Veer will t- return to Centauri Prime and assassinate the Emperor. He will re- will then rule as Flounder, and I, under his wise leadership, the Centauri will enjoy a golden age of peace and prosperity. That's right. The sad thing the- about these predictions is that we know they're not going to come true. 
<laughs> I know. What I would actually like to see here, Victor, is I would like you to sprinkle a couple of truths in with <laughs> fake predictions so that we could go, hmm, maybe this one's true. Hmm, maybe this one's true. In the yep. season finale, Londo and Jakar will confess they have been secretly having an affair for the past three years. The star-crossed lovers from Warring Empires can no longer hide their true feelings for each other. They elope and settle down on a distant world to run a spoon ranch together. <laughs> oh, sweet. Finally, Sheridan goes to Zahadum. He meets the shadows who explain that the entire war was misunderstanding due to a clerical error made by the Centauri. They all sit around a campfire together, roasting marshmallows, singing Kumbaya before signing a peace treaty to end the conflict. I want to see the shadows play a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could probably play like three or four guitars. I, I, I'm, I'm actually thinking they'd actually play the banjo. Thanks a lot, Victor. Great predictions as always. Oh, yeah, definitely. Our next piece of feedback is an email from Anka. I will take this one. Hi, down below team. Revelations was not just, was not only just an episode title of season two, but also a main theme for the whole season for me. With John J. Sheridan, we have a new captain. Sinclair had quietly been removed, and I have to admit that I'm not really sad about that. Over the course of the season, we see Sheridan grow from a fruit lover <laughs> to a real pain in the butt for some alien ambassadors. Mm-hmm. For some other ambassadors, however, well, that's a whole lot of the story that hopefully continues. There was a, there were a lot of revelations throughout the season. We learned that even Minbari can have a bad hair day, that some random extras all of a sudden become important when they wear interesting old fashioned coats and act like they are some kind of secret messenger. We learned that shadows move and they move real fast when they have eight spider yeah. legs. Yeah. We learned what human style means and we didn't like it. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> Forgot about that. Oh, Ivanova showed that alien guy human style. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom shakalaka laka, boom shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many more things that I learned that Mimbari never lie unless they twist the truth. That shadows actually can have a cuteness moment when they produce little spidery baby ships for a massive attack. <laughs> that the Orlons like to reveal themselves. They've done it quite often, apparently. Really? <laughs> Ivanova and Talia had the shortest relationship in all times while Sheridan needs to sit through hours of meditation well, dinner most of the time it seemed to me Veer was the most tragic character on the station remember Londo's three wives but he had some badass moments <laughs> but then I see Jakar and know no, this is the most tragic character of the season now this season, they killed off quite a few humans and aliens. There was a genocide on Narnia. There was Gropos. There were the Marcap. Well, even Kefir. <laughs> that Earth and Psychor have gotten real creepy. Just remembering the Psychor commercials makes me cringe. Oh, yeah. The most important revelation is Londo, who went from the funny drunkard he used to be, gambling with Veneer and drinking with Garibaldi, to this really dark place where he takes one dangerous road after another and gets himself further and further into the mess that he has started. I found this season laid some real groundwork for the story to continue on and held more questions, of course. There were less standalone episodes, and in each and every episode we got some story arc important info. 
There was also quite a bit of character development. For example, I find the character of Sheridan helped the whole thing a lot. Just the interaction with Delenn, the googly eyes over dinner or newspaper recycling. I never had the feeling that was nearly anywhere close with Sinclair. And then there are Lundo and Jakar who both have done a 180 degree change from one season to the next. My favorite episode was definitely The Long Twilight Struggle. While episodes like Confessions and Lamentations, Soulmates, and Now for a Word were also remarkable episodes to me. Looking forward to your predictions for Season 3 especially. I can't wait to continue watching along. Cheers, Anka. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm looking at the next heading, which is wrong. I said it's email from Reese, which is my dog. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay, I think this is I've a problem with my headphones. I've had to put you on my uh, laptop speaker, so hopefully there's no feedback when I um, press speak. I'm sorry, but now I have this whole headcanon of like Will's dog having to watch his episodes <laughs> yes. and Will watches them. And I'm like, I've been silent long enough. Oh, awesome. Um, Will, I just realized, did we say what the highest rated episodes for season two were? Uh, the highest rated was The Long Twilight Struggle, and after that, it was The Coming of Shadows. Okay. I mean, pretty obvious choices, but I don't think we actually said. Uh, the Long Twilight Struggle was the one where the, um, the Narn and Centauri War broke out, right? Or they they went to the, oh, that the one where it, to Narnia. Right. That was the one where Narnia was destroyed, yeah. Right. And then what was the um, coming of shadows? When the- that was the one where the war started. Uh-huh, where the emperor oh. dies. And- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. See, this is a problem. I remember that it happened. I just don't remember when. Um, okay. The third highest was divided loyalties where Talia left. <laughs> and now for a word wasn't one of the top three, huh? That was a good one. Yeah. So our final piece of feedback is from Yan, not, not Will's dog. He <laughs> <laughs> wants to take that okay, one. Okay, I'll take it. Um, hello, fellow lurkers, veterans, and ambassadors. A bit of feedback for Season 2, The Coming of Shadows. Season 2 is clearly a step up from Season 1. One should get used to Captain Sheridan as the commanding officer of the station. I will go through a few of the highlights of the season as I see it. The Narn Centauri War was rather shorter than expected, but how could you beat anyone who is supported by someone as powerful as the Shadows? The scenes from the long twilight struggle with Londo watching the bombing of Narnia is a great highlight of Peter Jurisic's acting. The face says so much. On the I other love side, you say Narnia when it doesn't say Narnia. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I did not put Narnia, but it's just going to be it. That's right. On the other side... Jakar, first realizing that something is wrong and not listened to, but the scene with him in his quarters and the extinction of the last space candle is perfect. But the crown of that episode is their interaction on in the council. Londo, now! And then Jakar's freedom speech gives me chills down the spine. Further back, I just loved Ivanova and the green and purple drawsies. I agree. I thought that episode was hilarious. Mm-hmm. When that drowsy in the back, like, <laughs> like all of a sudden goes after that other, oh, that's so hilarious. Okay. The techno, oh, the techno mages. What about them? The techno mages warning to Londo that fell on deaf ears and his ever more uncomfortable association with the shadows. The coming of shadows with the death of the Centauri Emperor, just as he was coming with the olive branch. The elevator scene with Veer and Jakar and Comes the Inquisitor is extremely funny in the beginning and very powerful at the end. 
I know we disagree on the Inquisitor, but that is as it should be. A boring world if we all agreed on everything. The rise of the Night Watch and the increase use of Newspeak. Finally, the revelation of Kosh, recognized by everyone except Londo, as he said he would be. But since everyone saw something different, what is the Vorlom's real appearance? Good question. That's all for this time. Beware of shadows because, just as Londo, you may reach the point of no return sooner than you thought. Well, thanks, Yan. Thanks, thanks Yan. Yan. Good. Thanks for all the feedback. Hope everyone continues singing that in in season three. Yes, please. We love your feedback. Mail at downbelowpodcast.com or our Facebook page and our, or our website at downbelowpodcast.com. Yay. Now let's move into predictions for season three and beyond. Just one warning, guys, for newbies. The DVD covers, and I believe the menus, too, have some minor spoilers. It's not as big of a deal as Season 2, where we have the lens changing a new um, commander taking over. But if you want to remain completely unspoiled, try just to avoid looking too hard at the DVD cover and the menus. Okay. It's... Well, I'll do my best. I mean, I, I'm trying. I don't know. Yet. I don't know what's on the menus, but the DVD cover. I usually kind of do, anyways. I'm used to. Yeah. It when I, I'm I'm just remembering, just remembering when I saw the DVD menus, they're slightly more spoilery than the covers. At least the UK ones are, but minor spoilers. That's okay. I don't mind. I'm really. I have perfected the art of covering up most of the screen with my hand. Um, and closing one eye. So, yeah. Um, I have a question. When yes. when did the other movies come into play? Is like oh, that yeah. after the series is over? Um, not. There are some during the series, okay. but I'll just say they're late series, and then some after the series is okay. over. It's go- I'm not sure where what our plan is, but I think it's best waiting until. We've seen the whole five series before we watched the movies. Um, I was going to try to do... Well, my original plan was to do them when they aired on TV. So it will be kind of... Well, that would be consistent with a lot of fans. But for some of us, we watched them afterwards um, because they came out on DVD. It's one of those weird situations. Mm -hmm. When they go into the continuity when they aired? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no? <Okay. laughs> Alrighty. So, the name of season three, you guys, is. We got a little clue in Yan's email. Season three is the point of no return, or point of no return. Ooh. And the name of the first episode is Matters of Honor. Oh, geez, another one of those titles. <sighs> a point of no return. Well, that sounds like a Londo, and. But it can't all just be about Londo. <laughs> Maybe everyone will get to the point of no return. People have chosen sides and done enough damage to each other that... Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel and like we'll, uh, we'll figure out as we go along what this is meaning, because like the coming of shadows meant nothing. What was the, the, first, the name of the first uh, episode? Something about honor? Matters of honor. Yeah. That sounds like Sheridan's in trouble with Earth or something. It's an episode about the Drazi. And (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, they want to wear the honorable color of purple again. Mm, that sounds like that's about right for the first yeah, episode. I think so. <laughs> I have a lot of notes. Um, what, like very cryptic notes that I just wrote down. That uh, like, why do I have Sheridan's fair killer written here? I don't know. Um, my notes for predictions. No <laughs> um, okay. While let me think about this. So let me ask. Can I just do my prediction with like a dialogue, like asking high yeah. questions? Okay. So how far? Like okay. So let's start with Ivanova, and if if we if we may, and her latent uh, telepathiness. Um, do we think that she is going to be more powerful? I do. I think that she's either going to like start training for some reason or something will happen along that vein. I feel like she's going to use her psi powers and by using them sort of like a muscle, they will become stronger. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be like something that tips her in that in that direction. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it's um, the fact that she gets found out by the cyborg. Mm-hmm. Like maybe then like if they send a new representative, maybe that person mm-hmm. will figure out that she has latent telepathic abilities and that will come to a head or something. Yeah. I feel like if they send another representative, they will be on the side of Babylon 5. But but I don't know because why would they send a representative that wouldn't be completely loyal to them? So Yeah, and then how would Lita work cuz in my mind Lita's coming back. Uh-huh. Uh, I would Lita work into this because she is obviously known now. She will be known as the one that uh, revealed their grand scheme with Talia. Maybe she so, will train Ivanova. Ooh, interesting. I like that. Because I feel like they have to do something with this because, yes, it was a big reveal for Ivanova to be a Psy, but they have to go somewhere with it. Yeah. Yeah, it has to affect her more than in just that one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then... So we had predicted before that Sheridan's wife, we're going to see her again. Are we still... I'm still kind of hoping and thinking, okay, I might as well predict that. What do you think? I think so. I think, yeah. I think again, it's kind of like a Chekhov's gun thing. We've heard about her, and we know that, like, Morden survived. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, she's out there somewhere. I have yeah, no idea in what capacity for it's going to happen, but it'd be super cool if, like, she was working for the shadows and somehow, like, they had a conflict because she was working for them and she has really, like, taken that whole identity on. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she comes into contact with Sharon and oh, that'd be cool. I would, I would. She's, she's out there somewhere asking other people what they want. Yep, exactly. Um,. Well, I have lots of notes, but you go ahead. Um, let's see. I didn't write down a whole lot of predictions, but one question that I had was, what have we heard of the doctor from The Gathering? Like, what have we heard about him since he left? Because he looked on the face of the Vorlon, and then he, like, went nuts. So... Or does it matter now that we've seen the... I I just feel like why was there I guess it was just a fear so that like people didn't want to see Kasha's true form Mm -hmm. but I was just thinking about it like why was that such a big deal and maybe he didn't actually go crazy and I just kind of 
put that associated that together. But yeah, I can't remember like what we've because I remember we heard things about him since. Like wasn't he working for the president or something? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. that was just a point that I. Um, and then what? Yeah. And then what did Lita uh, feel like? She like, became sort of obsessed with the Vorlons after like what yeah. she went through. Yeah, she's like um, uh, now a religious fanatic or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, those experiences anyway are something interesting to think about. But, um, a prediction, the spiders, I think, are going to have to become more bold because now pretty much they will know about the Borlons and, uh, everyone knows about them. And, um, but I feel like there has to be some way to fight them. Like, we've got to finally, whether the Borlons give it to them or what, there has to be a way to fight the spiders because they can't be as all-powerful as they have been at the point that we're at. Yeah, I mean, they were defeated before, so there must be a way to fight them. We just, mm-hmm. And I know that we saw one time where their defenses didn't work um, and a piece of their ship got clipped, but then it kind of like melded together. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. Yeah, so there must there is definitely like something going on with the Vorlons that they know more about how to counteract these shadows. But they're just kind of letting it happen. I mean, like they already. I mean, from the even from the first season, you know, with Deathwalker and all that stuff, and Kosh just like it's it's too late. You know, it's happening. It's this Narn and Centauri thing are just beneath my concern. You know, and and so they haven't. He, they haven't felt like they needed to stop what's going on so far. It's yeah. more important to keep it quiet, I guess. Um, okay, let's talk about Mars. Okay. What's happening with Mars? Like, yeah. Mars was like a big thing, and then it's not anymore. Um, we know that Lita came from Mars, and so there is like a rebel. I wonder if it's going to become like the rebel base. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the Death Star will come in and take it out. Exactly. Like, I feel like we have to have more about Mars because it started off with, you know, a lot of news about it. And I don't know. To me, it seems like it's going to be coming up and it's going to be more important. Like, maybe it's going to be a refuge. Um, Yeah, I feel like we definitely have to get more because it's just kind of been in the background and we've, like, gotten pieces here and there. Um, And, you know, random people being from there or being there and stuff, like Garibaldi's girlfriend and things like that. So... So yeah, I feel like it has to play a role somehow. Yeah, Rebel Base is a good is a good theory. I like that. <laughs> um, I'm having trouble speculating on the Minbari. Um, the Drawl had mentioned like some kind of malaise, you know, with the population, um, and and we just have we just don't. I don't know. It's just hard to. I know there's got to be something there. I just can't figure out what. You know, with the council and Delenn's hints about what's to come and her role and everything. Uh-huh. Um, and that she's going to go through, like, darkness and stuff. And um, I just can't I can't quite predict anything there. No, I feel like... I'm, I feel like what we talked about earlier, like, when they will enter the conflict is, is kind of my questions there, which I'm sure that there's so much more, like religious and different things going on with them and with the council and stuff but with Delenn being apart from them 
it's really hard to kind of gauge what's going on because we're not getting much. Yeah. Are we still thinking Dylan and Sheridan are going to have a love child? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Um, he's going to be the, the savior. Um, okay, here's, here's a prediction that I have. Sheridan will be deposed or fired or something. Sent to uh, work with the Mimbari? Oh, wait, no, that was Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, I think I might, I, I just, I, I just think that at some point that has to happen with a show like this, especially with well, Earth. With Earth not being behind him, like, yeah. trying to get rid of him at every turn, I don't see why they can't just remove him. Yeah, like, it's not that hard. Um, yeah, but maybe he'll have to, like, hide in down below. <laughs> and run the underground from there because it has to take place on Babylon 5 because the show is called Babylon 5. I know. Even though at some point something happens to what we think. But, um, okay, I have a question. And I don't know if we have any predictions, but I'm, my brain, I can't figure this out. Why do the, why do the shadows need to work through Morden? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't have any speculation about this. Do you? Mm, no, not really. Um, I, yeah, I really don't get it either. I guess maybe just because they didn't want to be known either, like how the Vorlons have been hiding. Like they didn't want to just be right out attacking. But they also, they were also looking for someone to tell them what basically dirty work they could do because it's mm-hmm. not like this was their fight. This was the Centauri's fight, and they just took it on. So, so is it almost like the devil like tempting you, or like um, getting you to make the decision, getting you to sell your soul? You know, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's so interesting. Um, And maybe they were trying to draw out the Vorlons, but but see if they're going to step in, or yeah see if like they're you know still out there and um which they probably assumed that they were but they wouldn't you know show themselves so it's not like they could go out and attack them mm-hmm. I because mean obviously they didn't know they were that there's at least one Vorlon there right um but, but they yeah. didn't know that they were the Vorlons right like they knew that there's old ones ancient ones whatever out there they would have known like the the quote unquote ancient beings existed and say that that's what they were trying to do is get them to show themselves they wouldn't have known that they were the Vorlons or they just oh. could have gone and attacked them then interesting or, or like where they were hmm. yeah but that way um what else I don't have any predictions for Zathras because I, I don't know I just want to see him yeah I really don't um, have any predictions for Garibaldi. I just, like, kind of want to see more of him. I hope he gets more to do. Yeah. As well as Dr. Franklin, because I think that he could offer... I mean, they they could just do more with his character. Yeah, I could take um, him. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously, some of the same predictions that I had still stand with the sidecore and all that, and... Um, I'm just wondering how it, how linked the Membari and the Earth is going to be. Like, it is. I feel like they have a destiny with each other. 
and I'm just wondering how that's going to play out. But I, I definitely well, once we have a uh, Mimbari Earth child. Well, that's true. Yeah. Then <laughs> we'll lead the new race. Of, right. Uh, Mimbari. Earth Maybe Earth. that's when they'll realize that their souls are all connected or something. Maybe but Earth, I don't feel like the people on Earth are going to care. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't predict on the dream, except for I did write um, that Sheridan is the man in between and that he is the hand. I can't even. It's too hard. Uh, yeah. The card weapon will come up. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have. Yeah, and I think through like your questions and your um, like just talking, that's pretty much that's everything that I had too. So. Yeah, I'm, they're I'm good predictions, you know. Huh? They're good predictions, and you've done a lot of predicting. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where things go and what you make of what's going to happen. This is one of those shows that begs you to predict because oh, yeah. it just gives you these little tiny glimpses of things, and it's like, haha, we know what's going to happen, and you don't. So that's what Will and Ian are doing too. It's yeah. not just the show, <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it's fun. It's fun to think about it and make these predictions. Looking forward to it. All right. I think that's it, y'all. Y'all? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Mississippi, remember? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's all we have this week, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week with season three and matters of honor. Who's our guest? Our guest, I think, is Michael from the UK, I think. Ooh. I'm not sure, though. <laughs> But, um, yeah, until next time, goodbye. Be singing. Bye, stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.